Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of Life After Life with me, Sandy Byrne. And today I am joined by a lovely lady all the way from San Diego in California, over on the Pacific coast of the United States. And her name is Kathleen Donnelly Israel. And I've already said to her with a name like Kathleen Donnelly that she has to have Irish connections. And you do, Kathleen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And tell us where your dad's side of the family um, are descended from Ireland, are they? Yes. Um, yeah, from Cork. County Cork. Cork um, our County Cork. A roof yeah. from Cork, as they say. We have that little, <laughs> little joke here. You've probably heard it a million times. Um, so no. <laughs> have you not? <laughs> so uh, you say to someone, a roof from Cork, and they go in the Cork accent, Aramaru. <laughs> And that's the way Aramaru. they say it in Cork. Uh, I am really Oh, there's a Cork accent. Yes. Oh. And then you go, do you eat spuds? <laughs> I do and you. How do you eat them? Skins and all. Do they choke you? Are not at all. <laughs> and that's my best Cork accent. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, wow. a little, there's a little Cork lyric for you. Um, okay. I, I, I always have a memory of we went, um, we're only an hour or so from Cork, but we went on a school trip down to Cork uh, once when I was at school and we didn't have sat navs back in those days. <laughs> fado, fado, as they say, years ago. And um, our bus driver had stopped to ask directions. And one of the girls shouted to the guy, he, got, he stepped on the bus to give the driver directions and he had this really thick Cork accent. So one of the girls <laughs> went, a roof from Cork, she says. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful part of the country and of course right now uh, we're recording this in August even though it won't go live till um, probably October or November time but um, at the moment we're celebrating Corkman because it's 100 years since our lovely Michael um, Collins was killed down in Bail and Blah down in Cork uh, you've probably seen oh, the movie about Michael Collins um, the I, Hollywood what was movie. the name what's the Michael name of the Collins. is it Col it's okay, called Michael Collins. Yeah. yeah. So he's our most famous Corkman. Um, he helped okay. fight um, for our independence from the British. So um, very topical because on the 22nd of this month, it marked 100 years since his assassination down in Cork, which was very sad. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. And um, so just chatting to Kathleen and, you know, we're going to talk because I invited Kathleen on because Kathleen has walked the Camino. And I'm just someone who's so interested because I hear so many people talking about the Camino and I hate walking. I'm just, <laughs> I used to go to the gym a lot when I was younger, but now I, I've just gotten lazy as I've got older. So I want to talk to her about that. But it's just past four years since Kathleen lost her beloved husband. And I'm so sorry to hear it. And previous to that, Kathleen, you spent 17 years looking after him full time. Is that right? Right. Yeah. He was ill and I had to be there. Oh, that, that, I mean, 
And, you know, just for, I know there's a lot of people listening that either are in the same situation or, you know, have been and maybe lost their partner as well. Like 17 years is a long time to 100% dedicate yourself to looking after somebody. Like, how did you cope? Well, I tell you what, you only do it one day at a time, right? You don't know if it's going to be 17 years. You just do it today and then you do the next day, which is today again, you know, but... I have to tell you that when we were married, I um, I was 20 years old, but I got it. Um, you know, like the night before we got married, I was thinking to myself, you know what, Kathleen? Um, after tomorrow, this is not your life anymore. This is our life. It's going to be our life together. And um, so <clears throat> I... I never thought that I wouldn't do that, you know. And if you're going to do till death do us part, it it probably is that somebody's going to take care of somebody at some point in time. You never know how long it's going to be. And um, to me, I preferred to be the well one. If we're going to yeah. do till death do us part, I would rather look after Ron than have him look after me. So those are my... You know, that's how I thought about it. And it was, you know, we worked it. It wasn't like, you know, we were together in it. I mean, I remember um, I um, I was at a religious goods store and I was looking around and I saw this holy card and it said um, this uh, blessed Solanus Casey needed a miracle so they could, you know, say he's a saint. And I'm like, all right, we will get a miracle for Blessed Solanus Casey. And and I brought his holy card home and we did the novena. And and then we kept going, um, saying the novena every day. And um, you know what? Um, I'm the one that got the miracle because I was quite angry um, that Ron wouldn't. Um, I wanted to cure him. I wanted to find a cure and go out and I... I went out and I bought something from some guy in Australia for 50 bucks. And, you know, I wanted to do the, you know, the diet, the whatever he said to do. And Ron wouldn't do it. He's, he, want, he embraced his disease and he wouldn't do it. So, I mean, I had to, I had to give up the rest of my life. I, I told him, Ron, this is my life too. You know, if yeah. you're going to, if you won't do these things, then the two of us <laughs> has Parkinson's disease, you know, and um, I would have to give up what I thought we would do in our old age together. Um, so, I mean, when I think about grief, I think about that time more than I think about his death because his death was grief and relief. Also, it was kind of mixed grief. Totally so, um yeah, and when yeah. someone's sick, don't we always say, well, you know, for them, it was almost a relief, you know, that they, you know, that, that they had, you know, this ill health or whatever for so long. But right. it's still, you know, you know, we're allowed to be selfish. You know, there's nothing wrong with being that little bit selfish and thinking, I don't you care have. how sick, I don't care how sick he is yeah. as long as I have him here. You know, it's okay to be selfish too. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. You know, we all have yeah. those thoughts. Mm. I used to just dress him, you know, he he couldn't move, he couldn't walk, he couldn't talk. He was just laying there. 
um, watching cowboy movies, which is what he loved to do. I mean, he wasn't sad. He was a happy man. And uh, like I say, he embraced his disease. And he just loved being waited on hand and foot by me. I was his wealth. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He was so lucky to have you, you know, because it is a hard thing to do. Um, and fair play to you. And you've been without him four years. And really, you know, it's your journey after can we say after Ron, you know, because yeah, I always feel that Ron. when you've lost somebody, there's a before Ron and there's an after Ron, you know. So it's, it's your adventures after Ron, since Ron has passed over to the spirit world that I really, you know, wanted to talk to you about today because, um, you know, it's your Camino journey, which I want to get into. But you do say, or I've read about you, I should say, that you spent a lot of time studying, you know, with different people online, different spiritual um, philosophies. And I wanted to ask you about that. You know, how did you get into studying online? Did it help? You know, I mean, was this while you were looking after Ron or after he passed? Yeah. Well, I was looking after Ron. I had to be home. And so in the evenings I would go in and or maybe even the afternoon, just when he didn't need me, I would go in and I would uh, go online. There was this guy, his name was Darius Barazunda, and he has a show where he brings on different enlightened thought leaders and uh, you can buy their program or not, or maybe they'll give you some free healing ideas uh, while while they're on the show. And so um, I just feel like God led me to all those teachers because I would I would um, think, oh, this is a good one. So I would buy their package, you know, $67 or whatever, and I would um, <clears throat> study it. I would work it like, they would send me CDs and I would uh, listen to them every night as I was going to bed and I would do the work that they said to do. And then after a while, they wouldn't be interesting to me anymore and uh, God would send me another one. So I just feel like God was raising my vibration all the time. With each teacher, I got to get rid of some kind of trauma that I had. I had a traumatic childhood. And so um, I had a lot of healing to do. And I mean, I started taking care of Ron in my 50s, you know, and uh, he became uh, paralyzed when I was in my 60s. Oh. And so, I mean, all that time I had been going to therapists and stuff, trying to heal my, you know, trying to get fixed, <laughs> I would say. And um, so then... I so I studied with all those leader uh, thought leaders, and um, I got I studied so long that I felt like I had developed some philosophies of my own. You know what works, what doesn't work for me, actually. And yeah. so I felt like I had some ideas that I wanted to share. And so I uh, when I went to write the book was after I walked the Camino, and I. I just wrote down all my teachings, you know, on the paper. <laughs> and then um, and then I kind of got cold feet. I thought, well, I don't want to be teachy. And I remembered that I had told all those things to people on the Camino. And so I wrote my book about walking the Camino and telling people those things. And so that's how the book came about. Cool. Um, 
If I just reverse back a little bit, and I love what you say there, you know, that you'd get one bit from one teacher and another bit from another teacher. And I think that's so powerful because I'm a devil for those little courses as well. And, you know, during the pandemic years, there was a lot of that given for free. <laughs> you know, there was, yeah. there was so many people mm -hmm. given value for free and it helped so many people. I did Tony Robbins a couple of times during the pandemic and stuff. Uh. And I say to people, and I'm, I, I'm sure you'll agree with this, you know, people can tell you what works for them and what helped them. Take a little bit of what will work for you and leave the rest and move on. You know, right. don't get bogged down by, you know, a whole philosophy from somebody because you now have your philosophy, but it sounds like it's, a, um, I suppose, a, a mixture of many right. different philosophies that you've tried and tested and some of them worked for you right. and some of them didn't. Yep. You know, so yeah. you have to take some and then you know, find what works for you and move on and develop it to fit you. Okay. And the, uh, the other thing is you can, uh, like when you're studying one person, mm -hmm. it can knock off the hard edges of one type of, um, I guess, um, uh, you know, not thinking. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then uh, you can go into somebody else will talk to you and they'll, you know, knock off another part of not thinking. And sure. all of a sudden, you can think for your own. Yeah, you know, it's mm -hmm. perfect. Like, that's exactly, you know, the way it should be. But some people feel they have to take a whole package as their future philosophy. That's not necessarily how it works. So I love that that you, you put that across so well. So let's talk Camino, because I've heard mm. it. Oh, this person is, has been to the Camino. I want to go on the Camino. You should go on the Camino. First of all, tell us, okay, what is the Camino? Where does it come from? Uh, well, back in, uh, I get well, the, the Apostle of Jesus, I mean, what is that, year 33 or something, uh, went to the Iberian Peninsula and tried to parathletize, you know, tell people about Jesus. And he wasn't very successful. Uh, and so he went back to Jerusalem and they martyred him. And then the story goes that the angels brought his body back to Spain and he was buried in Spain. Um, and um, I suppose maybe some people brought him back with the help of angels. I don't know, but um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and yeah, and and so that was really a long time ago. And then um, around the 1200s, they were trying to get the Moors out of Spain. And um, St. James appeared and helped them get, um, oh. get them out and... So everybody really liked St. James and they found his grave and they started the, that's where the, um, the pilgrimage to the Camino Santiago de Compostelo, St. James. Um, so it, the, the cathedral is built over his grave and wow. uh, you can go in there and see the, the grave of St. James inside the cathedral when you go there. That's and amazing. so, um, people really like St. James, so they started doing a, a pilgrimage to St. James, and that's how it started in the 1200s. 
Wow, that's amazing. I never knew. I suppose we hear about it being very spiritual, but I didn't know that it had Christian beliefs. Now, I'm Catholic and, you know, I I believe in that faith. A lot of people won't be necessarily religious, which is fine, too. But you don't have to believe in Christianity to do this. It's considered very spiritual, isn't it? As in, you know, yeah, um, afterlife, getting in touch with yourself, getting grounded, earthy, all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't have to be. It's not like you know, um, a Christian thing. It's everybody. I'm sure you've met lots of people from lots of different walks of life. Yes, only about one third of the people there will be on the spiritual journey. And uh, okay. so the rest of the people, I mean, like you say, they may be on their spiritual journey that isn't a Catholic spiritual journey, you sure. know, but I mean, uh, the Anglicans have St. James too, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so... Um, I think, I mean, I, I met a lot of people and I, I met very few Catholic, or maybe we just didn't talk about being Catholic. You know, we, I just assumed they weren't maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I but spoke I to people, we didn't speak. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut across, Kathleen. The point is that you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be Christian, right. whether it's right. Anglican or Catholic or whatever it might be. Um, right. Did you walk the full 500 miles? Yes, I did. Except for I just want to say that I did not walk from uh, Villa Fria to Burgos. It was nine miles on the freeway. And I just took a bus. I'm sorry. <laughs> that one nine miles. I'm, I'm sorry. We'll have to cut this podcast short. I'm joking. <laughs> we'll give you the nine miles because you had to come okay. from San Diego across to Spain. So I'm sure you easily walked more than nine miles in all the airport journeys. So I think you can take that one. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and how many miles like, would you walk in a day? Um, like 10 miles a day, basically, in the beginning. The reason why I knew I could do it is because my friend Severa and I walked five miles three days a week. We walked on the bay in San Diego. And um, I just thought, well, gee, five miles doesn't even make me sweat. I can walk five miles before lunch and five miles after lunch, and I can do this. That's what I, I just thought that. And when I got there, after a while, I was like to the 10 miles before lunch because, you know, I got buff being there. You know, I <laughs> you're walking, you're getting stronger. And so then um, so then I had to walk like um, 15 miles instead of 10. But wow. But it's still, <laughs> it's still a lot of walking. And tell me, it is. Um, how long after Ron passed did you head over to Spain? He died in August, and in January, I was done doing all the, you know, trust and funeral and bank stuff and all the stuff mm -hmm. I had to do. So then I, uh, after January, I start. I thought, well, if you're going to go, you got to get ready. So it was <sighs> part of your grief journey, really. Yeah. Uh, so I just, you know, got all the stuff together, and uh, my sister-in-law said, okay, well, Kathleen, you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to go up mountains. So she started taking me up mountains around San Diego. So we climbed up all the mountains in San Diego. It's kind of a little hilly in our back country. And so then I started walking with my pack on up hills so I could, you know, get used to so, 
I, I had my blessings here of people who wanted to help me get ready. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. So I love mm-hmm. to hear that, I suppose, in those early days um, after Ron left, that you had something that kept you going. You know, you were making this plan, you know, and it kept you going, gave you something to look forward to. So I'd imagine that was a huge part of your um, healing process. You didn't just go yeah. once, though, to the Camino, did you? Did you not go back a second time? <laughs> Yeah, last year I went and it was during COVID, you know, so it was just a little bit more um, difficult, I guess I would say. But yeah, I wanted to walk in Portugal. And so um, that's what I did. I walked from Lisbon and then I kept going to Finisterra. So that was almost um, 500 miles also going from Lisbon all the way. It was... um, I have to yeah four four hundred and eighty or something like that. <laughs> I I have to uh, work myself up to go up the stairs most days, so you know I'm really in awe of people that do this. <laughs> so good for you. <laughs> yeah, you know when I got home, I just thought, well, what are you going to do? Turn into a couch potato? So like right now, I walk to church in the morning. It's one mile away, but it's um, it's up a giant hill, and so. I um I'm keeping myself buff that way. <laughs> oh, good for you! My goodness, maybe I yeah. should try that. Um, <laughs> so, so you met lots of people along the way, and mm-hmm. as I said, you spoke to them about you know the philosophies that you had studied and picked up along the way. Can you tell us a bit about that? You know, well, first of all, I suppose, did you just stop people along the track and say, hey, guess what I learned online before I came over here? Like, how did it come about? <laughs> I know when I when I got to the Camino, I had heard that a camaraderie develops between the the people on the Camino. And so I thought, oh, my, I, I would love to, you know, have camaraderie with these people. But I, I just didn't know how to do it. And I was, you know, a little bit. Um, shy or something and so uh, while I was walking the Camino what happens is people tell each other why they're there and so people would tell me why they're there and and usually it was a problem you know people get a problem and then they decide well I'm going to walk the Camino for this problem well, actually, a guy from Ireland, I was talking with him and he was telling me his problem that is, you know, his brother, um, he, his parents moved to Dublin and he was at the home with his brothers and his older brother got, um, grew up and went away, you know, because that's what you do. And now it was his time. He needed to go away, but his little brother was angry with him for leaving because, you know, he he waited till his brother was done with high school, but still his brother didn't want him to leave. And so he had a problem. And so I was telling him about one of my philosophies is that you need to make up a good story. If you, um, if you have a problem and uh, you make up a bad story because that's what worry is, making up a bad story and believing in it, um, and uh, so I just helped him think, okay, so let's make up a different story here. Um, how about, let's think about um, what would make the situation good. And he said, well, all of us together would make the situation good. And I'm like, okay, so um, take your older brother away. Now, how could the situation be good? And he's like, well, <clears throat> you know, I'm there with my, my brother and we're, we're just fine. 
And then uh, I said, okay, so now take you away. And what would make the situation good? And he goes, well, I was thinking about, you know, I should tell him to go move in with my parents. Then he wouldn't be alone. And I said, yeah, maybe that's what needs to happen. That's the good story about this. And so it was just like I was sort of helping him think with my teaching that somebody taught me, you know, I told him about it. Good for you. And isn't it amazing the way just to break it down? Like he was taking, I suppose, the problem as a whole rather than the individual. Yeah, all he could see was this terrible thing that his brother was angry with him. That's all he could see. And he and he felt horrible. And but he knew he needed to leave, you know, so you need it's called possibility thinking. What could I mean, when you when you worry, you made up a bad story and you have faith in it. Mm-hmm. So that is, I mean, that bad story isn't even true. You could, no. there's endless possibilities of how things could go. And so you just got to do the thinking and the possibility part, not, you know, and that way you I can find it. it. Amazing. <laughs> My goodness. Do you have another example of someone that you met over there? <clears throat> yeah, well, um, I... there was a young man you know what it was like I was walking and everybody passed me up but every once in a while somebody would would instead of passing me up they would adjust their walking so they were walking with me Mm. and I just felt like they were angels sent from God to walk with me because I was pretty lonely you know walking all by myself and uh, of course so I'm thinking of this one guy and he's, he kind of stopped. He was very young, like as old as some of my kids or maybe even younger. And uh, so he, he told me, um, he asked me if I'm Catholic. And I said, oh, yes, died in the wall type of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, he asked, he told me, well, the reason why I'm on the Camino is I'm, I'm discerning my relationship with the Catholic Church. There's been so much horrible stuff going on with the you know, pedophiles and stuff like that. And he didn't, he was, you know, questioning whether he wanted to still belong to this church or not. And so I told him what I told my son was that, um, okay, you grew up in the Catholic church and, um, you know, you, you benefited from it all these years. And now when things are bad, you're just going to go away we need the people who are thinking correctly to stay so that we can make changes. If all the people that are thinking correctly go away, you're going to leave us with all these crazy people that are the Catholic church. No, no, no. We need to, we need you. (laughs) We need you to speak out and, and uh, call black, black or white, white, you know? And um, so um, that's what I told him about that. Hopefully, you know, he was able to take some of that on board Obviously, it's his own choice whether he sticks with the Catholic right, Church or not. Absolutely, but you know, it gave the him thing about perspective. I agree with what you say. You can't just take the good and then run away when things get get bad. I, I love that analogy, and you can use that with any part of life, like your marriage. You know, you didn't just take right. those thirty whatever years that you had that everything was good and he was healthy. You know, it was still a good marriage, even though he had this physical illness you know yeah we had a great relationship after he was ill i mean 
he used to be kind of negative about what I wanted to do, but you know what? After he couldn't walk or talk, I could just put him in the wheelchair and take him to the theater, dress him up in his suit. You know, we were we were stylish. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I took him to the beach and walked on the beach with him. That's another reason why I was so strong is I was pushing his wheelchair all over the place. On the beach, yeah. That was amazing. So, I, lo I love that. I'm going to have to strap my husband into a wheelchair. He doesn't do anything <laughs> that I want to do. <laughs> right. Oh, Absolutely. It's you a know, blessing. I, <laughs> I totally love your story. And I know that we, we could talk for hours on this. But I do want to say to people that, you, you, as you mentioned, you do have the book written. OK, and I will post a link in the description box attached here for um, Kathleen's book. OK, it's called Wisdom on the Camino. And for those of you who are watching on video, you can see it. She's holding it up there now. But I'm, I will have a link in the description box attached for people who aren't watching on video. Um, so, you know, she will have, I think, you know, in that book, you have a lot of, you know, stories from maybe the people that you've met, you know, your journey, how it helped, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, for people who are going through similar things, and especially a lot of people that are listening to this podcast now, they would be maybe someone who's lost somebody close to them, who's been through, you know, that journey that you've been through. So they, you know, may also find something in this book that helps them to move forward, even if it's one of the philosophies that, that you've brought into it there so like that's absolutely amazing um there was a, one more question that i did want to ask you and that is will you go back to the camino again uh yeah my plan is to go to the camino del norte so i um it it's along the northern coast of spain so it's above so i love the ocean and i think i would love to walk along the ocean that'd be beautiful and, you know, guys, um, Kathleen is now in her 70s. And if she can do it, you know, we should be doing it. But, you know, I'm guessing, that, yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a good place to meet people. But there's no reason why you can't maybe just take a walk in nature, you know, and find yourself and ground yourself. There's kind of a little bit of that in it, isn't there? You know, it doesn't Absolutely. have to be in Spain. Like I could walk along the coast somewhere here in Ireland, for example, you know, and just find myself. And, you know, my husband always says it doesn't matter where I go. It's like people are attracted to me. I always come home with somebody's, you know, life story. We were in Mayo at the weekend and, you know, I met several people and got their whole life stories, you know, and we got mm. in, into chatting and different things. And, you know, that's just the kind of person that I am. So I think no matter where, you know, I go, I'm going to meet, meet people, whether I help them or not. I think they help me more than anything else. But um, we're definitely not, you know, we can take your experience, but I'm not going to put people under pressure to get money together to go out to the Camino. It has to be. <laughs> it's about your own spiritual journey. It's not necessarily the place. And there's so many soft places in Ireland where the spirits are, are close. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there are. Kathy, I have to tell you, I wanted to tell you something. Um, I do. That after, after Ron died, um, my friend told me that I needed to go to the spiritualist church and uh, actually told me before Ron died. And I was like, you know what? My husband's dying. I can't leave him. Yeah. And so after he died, he called again and said, okay, this week you can go this week. And I'm like, well, I guess I can. And when you go to the spiritualist church, if you're the first one, if you, it's the first time you came, they give you a reading. And um, so the lady, uh, told me that I was going to take a journey 
and the journey was so deep. It was deeper than I ever thought before. It was deep in my soul, deep in my blood, deep in the earth. And I would the the spirit of going on this journey was in my soul. And um, anyway, so I thought that was really amazing that she thought that because I had already decided to go on the Camino. And when I told her I was going on the Camino, she said, okay, well, I know what I was talking about then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that, you know, because, you know, you could say on one hand and, and, you know, a lot of skeptics would say, oh, well, you know, you were starting a new journey. It's not about that. She literally told you you were going somewhere and you, you know, you'd already yeah. really started to think about this in your mind. So that was. Amazing. And it was and, so deep. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, this was meant for you and this was part of your healing. It was something that you were drawn to. You know, and mm -hmm. hopefully other people can, you know, learn from your experiences. They're all detailed there in the book. And, you know, thank you so much for sharing them because, you know, it's important. You know, if, if it helps you to get through it, it will help other people too. Not everybody, but it will help other people. So Kathleen, yeah. thank you mm -hmm. so much for joining us today to share your story. It's been amazing. I've loved it. And I've definitely learned a lot more about the Camino than I knew before. Um, <laughs> so the link to your website, um, Kathleen's website is wisdomonthecamino.com. Um, the link will be in the description box attached here and the link to her book on Amazon. Kathleen, thank yes. you so much. And we hope that, we, um, that we'll cross paths with you again sometime in the future. Thank you. I'm so happy I was able to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen. Well, I really enjoyed that chat with Kathleen. And I know that a lot of you that are listening, maybe you've been through the experience of nursing somebody at the end of life, or maybe it's something that you're heading into now. Um, and maybe you're at the other side of it, you know, where you're you're dealing with um, the, the passing of a loved one. You know, I hope Kathleen's story helps you a little bit you know you don't have to walk the Camino you don't have to you know do anything that you don't want to do but the point of her story is that she found her new purpose you know in life after Ron that you know yes you know it's a new life it's a different life it's not the life that she thought that she would have they thought they would be able to enjoy their retirement together unfortunately that didn't happen but look at the amount of people that she's helping now. And you can tell, you know, just by listening to her that, you know, she's just a really down to earth person. Someone, you know, that you just meet on the street and be able to talk to. But she's so much experience. And, you know, as she said, some of her philosophies that she studied over the years, um, sometimes it's just talking to somebody that understands. OK, so I hope you got a lot from um, from Kathleen's journey and, you know, find her details of her website and her book in the description box attached. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please consider heading over to my Patreon page um, for just a small donation every month. It's two euros, three dollars um, each month. You can you will get each episode of the podcast in video format and you can also join our live sessions every uh, month. Um, as well for people who um, donate and the donations just help you know me to donate time to putting the podcast together because it is a lot of work and you know when I'm doing it obviously I can't work so um, it really does help to keep the podcast going so it might seem like a small donation but every small donation helps guys so thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you in the next episode of life after life until then Take care and stay safe.
discussing everything about the afterlife and spirit.